Welcome back to the Planet Film Network uh, in this hopefully new, beautiful, widescreen uh, adaptation or uh, version of it. I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. And I'm your other host, TJ Cornwell. And tonight we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, what we've been watching. We're going to give our Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 spoiler-free review. Yes. Uh, we'll be talking box office, wrecked some trailers, as well as some comic book stuff as well. We had some set leaks from uh, Deadpool 3, as well as casting news for Superman Legacy. A lot of stuff. So, yeah, I think to start off here, we'll go with what we've been watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I've actually been watching a, a decent amount of things. Recently. Oh, by all means, then you 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 take it. I've got I've got a decent amount of things too. Only one like actual review though. All right, so I'm just pulling my letterbox first. Actually, before I get into any movies, I will tell you. So I was scrolling through Max a few nights ago, mm -hmm. uh, our beloved Max app, and you know I was just looking for something. I don't really know what I wanted to watch. I probably wanted. To, I was thinking Succession maybe originally, mm -hmm. and then I kind of pivoted something else. And as you know, TLC is now on Max. Because yes, TLC is, is uh, owned by Discovery, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was scrolling through those shows, and I happened upon Geek a Ledger show in the called, chat. Welcome. I happened upon a show called "I Am in Love with a Mama's Boy." Oh man! Now, from that title, you could probably gather what the show is about. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it came out in 2019 originally, and most recent season was 2022. Has not yet been renewed for a fourth season. Is for as I can tell, but okay. I'll tell you what, I'm not. I don't personally think I'm the biggest reality show person, mm -hmm. but if any of this show is real, it might be the one of the They've meanest shows oh. I have ever seen. Oh my god! Some of these moms. Oh my god! This one in particular, very very cruel. Just a quick background on her. Uh, there's there's four kind of relationships that it follows in in the first season. The one. Uh, her uh, the mom is from Afghanistan, so her family has different culture, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, she wants her son to marry an Afghani woman. Okay, so he marries this one woman who is from Afghanistan that his mom found for him because he didn't know how long his mom was gonna have left. I guess she was sick or something. So he's like, "Oh, I'll get married, you know, so my mom can see yeah. everything like that." So they got married. I don't know, probably got divorced like a few years later, whatever. So now he's dating this girl from Korea. Now, she, her parents uh, as well also want her to marry a Korean man, but uh, it doesn't really focus on them. It's kind of like a thing where she's like, oh, like I know my parents want me to do this, but like, or specifically her mom, but she's like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. Which yeah. is like, okay, whatever. Uh, but the, the lengths that the guy that his mom goes to to like sabotage this relationship is just out of this world. At one point, uh, she calls the girl a pig. Uh, very mean. She refuses to even make eye contact with her. You know, like she brings uh, the girlfriend brings his mom like a, a, a present mm -hmm. on her birthday. And she like will not like look at her and is like, you ruined my birthday. <laughs> what the fuck? And 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 the, the probably the worst part the worst part of the episode was uh I forget which episode it was but they walk in to this restaurant to kind of uh to have dinner with the guy's mom 
and a few i think a few minutes before it shows like his mom like trying to talk to him about this he's she's like oh i have this i have this new friend with this daughter who like i really want you to meet mm-hmm. and she's from afghanistan and he's like no 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 whatever and so they walk into this restaurant the guy and his girlfriend and there's his mom sitting there with the girl so she like Oh set God. this up as like a bombardment to be like, oh, look at this girl. And she's like trying to show up his girlfriend. And it's like the most awkward, like cringiest thing you've ever seen. And that goes for all four of the all four of the relationships, not just this one. But yeah, it's uh, it's a show. I, I hope it, it gets renewed for another season, but I don't, I don't wow. know what's going to happen. That might be part of the uh, the acts of Zaslav. He might yeah. be like, nope, not happening. Swinging. <clears throat> right. No um, way. What else do we have here? Uh, let's see. I watched the hundred years of Warner brothers documentary a few nights ago. Uh, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, they really got deep into, you know, how they started the studio and the brothers. And, uh, did you know, I forget which, I think it was Jack Warner. This was Mm -hmm. the, the thing I didn't know was, I guess like Jack Warner, it was something about, he agreed to, I think his like brother wanted to sell it. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Warner wanted to keep it though, so his brother sold it, and then Jack Warner went behind his brother's back and bought it back from who the guy sold it to, or something like that. It was so ridiculous where I was oh, like, man. "Oh wow, like you know that's pretty shady." Uh, but overall, good documentary. Um, mm-hmm. I watched the I finished the Arnold documentary, which was good uh, on Netflix. What was uh, the best watched... part? The uh, the bodybuilder, the movie star, or the um, governor? Probably, I'd probably say for me, the governor, just because I, I knew the least amount about that. Yeah. I always yeah. knew he was like the governor of California, which I always thought was kind of ridiculous. I was like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, governor of California, you know? Yeah. But he talks a lot about how like, and this is basically throughout his life, how everybody was always like, people told him he couldn't do something, so that drove him more to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the same through all three parts of the documentary. Yeah. And, you know, he, he takes, like, responsibility for, like, stuff that has happened and, you know, allegations that were made against him as well while he was running for governor and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was really good. I watched Drake and Josh go to Hollywood, uh, which I, was, I had seen before. but I was, I was How'd they the get all that money reason. printer uh, to work, you know? <laughs> I don't know. What a great movie. It's, it's a pretty ridiculous plot. I mean, it, it's, it's funny. It's definitely funny. It's still funny. I will say that. Uh, Daniel and I re- rewatched Toy Story the other day. Uh, still great movie, but I will say in 4K it looks very fake. Yeah, like it looks like it's like I, could I was like oh, I was like yeah, this is computer ge- computer generated. I mm-hmm. do see it like clearly. <laughs> yeah, the so dog that, that right? kind of isn't the dog like super cursed. The dog, yeah, yeah, just like there's some points where and again it's probably on like you know if you watch it on a VHS or a DVD or whatever, but like where say like. Uh, Woody and Buzz are like talking to each other and you know Woody like say Buzz is talking and Woody's doing like the kind of like idle animation like listening mm-hmm. and it just looks weird yeah. like it just doesn't it, it looks very odd and then other than Mission Impossible the last movie that I, I saw uh, was The Flash uh, so I finally saw The Flash uh, I had to watch it in parts because when I tried to watch it in a theater my projector broke uh, as you know, so that sucked. Yeah. So I had to find, uh, we'll say, other means of watching the rest mm-hmm. of it. Not in the most, uh, not the best way to watch the movie, but you know, got the job done. Quick, just thoughts on the Flash. I'll say, 
Did you cry? I, I didn't cry. <laughs> I didn't cry. After about halfway through, I kind of just gave in. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, fine. Like, let, we'll just have fun, you know? Yeah. And I had fun, I guess, for the rest of it. It wasn't great in the beginning. It wasn't great in the middle. It wasn't great at the end. CGI was not good. Uh, and I think that is that whole, like, oh, you know, it's look, it's through the Flash's eyes. That's what he sees in the speed force. Oh, like, yeah. that, no, that, no, that, that's, that's terrible excuse. And, like, for example, when we're in the grocery store and he's talking to his mom in the last moment and, Somehow she doesn't like recognize that that's her son. Like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, it was fine. You know, I like seeing Michael Keaton back. Uh, I thought Supergirl was great. Uh, Michael Shannon was kind of just phoning it in, seemed a like a paycheck yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was. Didn't the get, infant I mean, did he didn't not have much survive. <laughs> he didn't have much to do anyway. Yeah. So I can't really blame him. The baby thing was kind of like, I don't know. It was. It was there. Yeah, I, like, I didn't really think to it me was... it's just the internet just like blew that up to like yeah, I, it's like although when I was watching second, it I yeah. just kept playing in my head the in reverse where he puts the baby back in the microwave <laughs> the, I think I just think it's so funny that <laughs> that video in reverse works just as well because her right, scream yeah. is like perfectly like parallel it's like she puts right. her hands up screams and then puts her hands down so it's like it looks so perfect in reverse yeah but and then the just I mean, it's been out for a few weeks. The yeah. the big, cam- I feel like the the really cool cameo mm-hmm. was the the end one, the Clooney one, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So oh, that was very. The, cool. the other cameo. What was that? The what? No, the one earlier in the movie. Uh, oh, Wonder Woman. No. When he's calling uh, people. <laughs> I don't know. I did. Is it is it halfway through? Because I might have missed hint. it. You know. <laughs> that that's not this is not doing right. for me. If you missed this cameo, I swear. <laughs> I might have missed it. Like is it in the beginning? Like a benta. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Tamora Morrison oh, showing yeah, up. I did see that. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah, I when that, that happened. I I lost my shit. I like turned to my mom. I was like, oh my god. That was, that was after. That, I... that was the second part in which I watched the movie. So. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, yes, yeah. I did see that. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, there he is. Yeah. Are you married um, to the Queen of Atlantis? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, felt like wrecking. And I'll on the just big one screen. last thing. The thing I rolled my eyes at the, and I just, again, the movie's kind of a mess, and I get that everybody had to like, you know, like Zaslav or James Gunn or mm-hmm. whoever had to be like. Oh, you know, this is an awesome movie. You know, people have to go see it. Uh, nowhere near the the greatest comic book movie ever. I don't know what movie, what people were watching when they they said that, but yeah. the whole like the whole joke with uh, with Wonder Woman and with the lasso and Barry's like, oh, I've never had sex before or whatever. And I was like, what are we? Do-? That was when I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. I was like, it's, you, it reminded just- me of the the Joss Whedon <clears throat> Justice League of the like. Right. I thought you didn't like me, and Batman goes, "I don't, I, I mean, I don't not like you." I yeah. like that. It was like that exact same tone, and I was. I will just also like, say that doing? that bat suit was very interesting. I I love the bat yeah. suit. That cowl uh, in the daytime is nightmare fuel, <laughs> but I liked the blue and gray, yeah. and and I got the like honeycomb like armor thing because mm-hmm. 
when he like goes on the bridge with his grappling gun, he's like skating almost on right. his like elbow. And I was like, okay, right. I can buy that. That like Batman yeah. was like, okay, this is gonna be a motorcycle chase, so I better like you know armor up, but not not the mm. full uh, mech suit, but. But it did look a little rough in, in some Yeah, it, it did sure. not. And last thing I'll say is, because I've been kind of been going on, it doesn't uh, end the DCEU as I thought it did. I thought it would, like, yeah, put I a nice a lot of bow on the whole thing. That. It did not do that. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> it did the exact bad thing that you didn't want it to do, which is it left right. with more questions. And that's yeah. for people like you and me who, you know, read this shit, like, are up on everything – uh, and if it's leaving questions for us, I mean, it's gonna gonna be hard for other people. And I, I think you saw that that it, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit with the box office. But uh, before that, some of the things that I've been watching. So right now at Barnes and Noble, and uh, on the and uh, they're having the fifty percent off Criterion Collection sale uh, for mm-hmm. the entire month of July. Uh, so a couple of my coworkers have been getting movies like crazy. Uh, and so I have been borrowing them, and not just the Criterion ones, but a couple of them. So I watched this movie from 1983 called uh, Angst, or Angst technically is what it's mm-hmm. called. Uh, it's basically this old horror film. I believe it's uh, from Germany. Uh, and it, it was just intensely awesome. Like, any of those shots of, like, the chest-mounted shots that you see of, like, from, like, the hangover or, like, you know, when people are running and it's, like, that chest-mounted shot. Mm-hmm. This is, like... Like one a hardcore of, Henry? Yeah, kind of, yeah. But, yeah, exactly. This is, like, one of the earliest examples that I can think of, at least in, like, terms of, like, the 80s filmmaking and stuff like that, where I, I saw also on the DVD there, or on the Blu-ray there was some behind-the-scenes stuff of how they created that type of rig all the way back then mm-hmm. with a film camera because it's not like you can just have a digital camera, you know, strapped to someone's chest. So it, that was very interesting, and a lot of the movie was from that perspective, which was very cool to see. Uh, I also watched this movie called uh, Cure, which um, was a uh, Japanese film that I really, really loved. Uh, I finally checked out Absolutely Anything, which is the movie with Simon Pegg. You've probably seen it in TikToks and stuff where he, like, gets the powers to do whatever he wants. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like he gets, you know, basically like Bruce Almighty powers, essentially. Uh, and I've just always been like, oh, I hope I would like that movie. And I always tried to watch it. So last week I just decided to look it up and it was it's on YouTube completely free, uh, and it wasn't that great. And I, I was really disappointed oh. in that because I really <laughs> thought that it was gonna be like, oh, that's the type of movie that I'll like. I'm sure I will like it, and it I just it just didn't get there. Dial of Destiny, obviously, uh, I went and saw that again. Then randomly I decided to watch Iron Man three and uh, Age of Ultron back to back last uh, Thursday after after rewatching the episode of secret invasion uh and then just a couple of days ago i went and i saw uh obviously we also saw mission possible which we'll talk about but i went and saw joyride uh which is the you know new comedy movie uh that played at cinemacon and got like literally like rave reviews people loved it uh didn't do so well at the box office but we'll get to that uh, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was easily the mm. best studio comedy since, uh, like, probably wh- whatever the last one was, whether it was Tag or Game Night or, you know, right. one, of, one of those, like, really good, really fun ones. Uh, Michelle in the chat says, Age of Ultron. I didn't see that coming. It's pretty funny. I, I thought it was really, really good. I thought Stephanie Hsu, Ashley Park, Sherry Colo, 
or Sherry Cola, uh, and then Sabrina Wu uh, are the four main characters here, and it's directed by uh, Adele Lim. Uh, I I thought it was great. I thought it was just as good as anything like uh, like the original Hangover. You know, it it just has that like freshness, interestingness. Obviously, you know, four Asian women, completely different perspective to obviously our experience, but also just like it's kind of the, a movie that you're starting to see more of, but you haven't really dialed all the way into it. Crazy Rich Asians more of like a romantic comedy, and this has romance elements, but it's really about the friendship of these four girls, and and in particular how all the dynamics work, while also getting into like hijinks and stuff like that. Uh, but also not devolving into like an action comedy. Like th this movie never, you know, draws upon that. It really relies on like the emotions when it strays away mm -hmm. from straight comedy. It really goes to the emotions uh, of these relationships. And not just between them, but with their parents or their parental figures. And I, I just, I really bought into the emotional journey of every single one of the characters in this studio comedy movie. Uh, I, I thought it was incredible. I thought Joyride was incredible. And anybody watching this or you, you and Danielle or something, definitely go out and see it. Because I really don't know how long it's going to last in theaters. But I, th I thought it was easily one of the best movies of the year. Definitely the best comedy of the year, for sure. Not even a question. So, yeah, I think... Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Sorry. Not going to review them, but a couple of shows that I have been checking out. One I actually will give a very quick review. Have you heard on Max, on Adult Swim, of the new Jack Quaid Superman show, My Adventures with Superman? I have, yes. So, the first two episodes came out this week. I, I was like, okay, I want to make time to watch that and work up busy, and I kept putting it off. But the other night, I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch these. They're only 25 minutes each. Uh, they are great. I, I, mm. I would say if this show can continue to develop and have the character development and everything like that, I, I think if this show went for three or four seasons, it could be Superman's definitive version of like a Batman the Animated Series. I think it's that good. Because Superman, obviously, we've had the, the uh, I think it was called the Superman show or something like, or uh, Superman, the animated series, it might've been called basically the Superman that was in uh, justice league. What is it? Justice league unlimited was the animated show from back then that would kind of cross over with Batman, the animated series. Uh, so he, Superman did have an animated presence back when all those shows were going, you know, gangbusters. But I feel like we still have yet to have like a definitive on the level of like Batman, the animated series. Like when you say that, it means one particular thing. I think that could be this for Superman. I just think it understands the character. I think that Jack Quaid is mm -hmm. not only a perfect Superman in Clark Kent voice, but I think he's really giving a fantastic performance as uh, Clark Kent. I think that everybody across the board is giving a fantastic thing. And I like, uh, I'm going to get a little bit into spoilers for the first two episodes here. Not like anything crazy, but uh, it's in the marketing. It's, you're basically meeting Clark, you know, early on. It's his, for the first episode, this is very early on. The first episode is his first day at the Daily Planet. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, he knows he has powers. He knows certain things like this and that. But he's not necessarily full bore Superman with the costume and, and all the abilities and everything. And all the confidence, mainly. Uh, I think he's definitely still a very timid Clark. And just thinking about what can I do with these powers to really make a difference. And then... When you start to get introduced to villains, both of this series and then 
other DC villains that you're used to, some of them are also in an early point of their development. And I thought that what they did with that, the main person in particular, uh, I thought was really, really interesting. And I think even that villain just going up against Superman in general uh, is a very interesting choice because it's normally not a villain associated with Superman. So I, I really, really recommend My Adventures with Superman. I think it's uh, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they premiered two this week, and then it'll be week to week uh, on Adult Swim and on Max. Uh, so definitely check that out. And then on Apple TV, because they just consistently are giving me good product, I checked out the first two episodes of Hijack with Idris Elba, which I, th- I think is really, really good so far. I think there's four episodes out right now. It's a really interesting series about a, a, pla- a, a plane hijacking that is actually taking place in real time with the runtime of the show. So each episode is okay. one hour of the six-hour flight. So by the time oh, you're okay. on episode four, four hours of the flight have gone by. So it, it's, it's kind of really interesting the way that they're doing it. Idris Elba, fantastic performance. Uh, and then the last thing, prehistoric planet. I'm telling you. This is the dinosaur show that is on Apple TV+. Think, you know, the Blue Planet documentaries. It's narrated Mm -hmm. and introed by David Attenborough. uh, And it's basically, you know, what about one of those Disney or Blue Planet, you know, documentaries about the planet narrated by David Attenborough, but what if it was set 66 million years ago? And that's exactly what it is. And it's done with painstaking CGI and visual effects and mm-hmm. scientific accuracy about these dinosaurs uh, that is just crazy. And it's all these, it, it's exactly how you would think, you know, oh, the, the here we see the lemur, uh, you know, approaching, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. But uh-huh. with like, you know, showing you, and I, this is like, I just randomly put this on, but it is so mm-hmm. cool. Uh, dinosaurs, who knew? Like showing you how a T-Rex actually hunted. You know, not the Jurassic Park version of it or something, but how they actually, mm-hmm. within an environment, uh, found and and acquired food and, and stuff like that. And, and they do that for all types of species, all types of areas of the globe. And it's it's a really, really good show. But yeah, very random, but I, I cool. did start watching that. And then the last thing that I, not that I have been watching, but that I have been reading, is uh, in anticipation of... Uh, Superman Legacy, and after that, The Authority, uh, I have been re- uh, researching, looking up on The Authority, and I know, you know, two of its core members are Midnighter and Apollo, uh, and so I watched this video on The Authority, and basically this guy, uh, Nando V Movies, he said, you know, he gave one comic recommendation, and he said, if you're going to start anywhere, start here, and I did, and that is the uh, Steve Orlando run uh, of Midnighter. I don't know if that'll load there, uh, but basically that's that's the first time that they migrated from their original home over to the DC universe. So that's DC mm-hmm. number one for when the Authority characters uh, came under control of DC, uh, and it has been fantastic. I'm really liking the character of Midnighter. I'm getting excited for the movie and the potential, not just for the relationships with the Authority, but because it's uh, their first comic book within the dc continuity people like uh dick grayson show up nightwing shows up uh a bunch of different dc characters show up to basically like get some interactions and how this guy will interact with other dc characters out of the way 
Um, mm-hmm. I have yet to. I haven't. I don't know. I'm not done with the book yet, but I don't know if he interacts with Superman yet in in the book. But you know, obviously, that's seems to be where we're going to be going in live action. So very interested. But yeah, I have been reading that as well, and have been very much enjoying that. Uh, all right. So now that we got that out of the way here, let's talk a little. Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. And again, we are going to keep this, guys, uh, spoiler-free. We're probably only going to spend about 5-10 minutes talking about this. Uh, I'm going to majority give TJ the floor here because you can go find out. I put up my quick three-minute review last night after we got done seeing the movie. Uh, But TJ, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. What did you think? Boy, oh boy. I thought this movie was uh, absolutely amazing. Just a, a a thrill ride from start to finish. I mean, having the, I mean, I guess the, the you know having the villain isn't like a, a spoiler or anything. So having the villain, I be, would say, if it is, I I, I would maybe know. not say exactly what it is. <clears throat> okay, yeah, having the villain be what, what it was. is, yeah, uh, is awesome. I think really kind of new fresh take. Yeah. I thought all the action scenes were awesome. The score, oh my god. The score just hit and hit and hit every single There's time like a piece of music came out. There's where on. it's just shots of people looking intense right. and just score. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. minutes of screen time, and it is so impactful. <clears throat> yeah, I bought into everything they were selling me. I really enjoyed all the, the characters again. Obviously, you know, we have Ving Rhames back. We have Simon Pegg back, you know. Uh, Tom Cruise, of course. Haley um, Atwell. Haley Atwell. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, you know. Everybody that was in this movie was mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Kittrich. Oh, we and, got a uh, shout out. I'm sorry. I don't know if you were about to get to him. We got a shout out Shea Wiggum. As, oh, it's Shea uh, yeah, as he Briggs. was awesome too. Maybe right. stole the movie for me. Maybe mm-hmm. stole the, the whole movie. And I can't say enough about just like, you know, everybody's performances, all the action, all everything just works so well for me. Yeah. You know, if I were to nitpick again, I, I feel like as much as I enjoyed Haley Atwell, I didn't totally buy into the uh, chemistry with her and Tom Cruise, mm. uh, their characters specifically. Yeah. I didn't totally buy into the whole kind of, you know, I feel like they were trying to build up a sort of relationship, you know, that we had with a uh, either his his wife or, you know, Rebecca Ferguson's character as well. I didn't totally buy into that. I feel like they were really trying to sell that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I wish Palm Clement Teef Toff. I forgot how to pronounce it. Palm Clement Clement Clementiev. I wish she had more to do. I'll be honest. Yeah. I felt like she was completely unused, unfortunately. And it really sucks because going in, I thought I was like, oh, this will be, you know, really cool to see her do more. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Guardians, she's kind of, you know. She has some stuff to do, but she's more passive. You know, she's not like yeah. really fighting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get some fighting in this, but we don't really get much spoiler dialogue. Yeah. See, <laughs> um, I agree with you on the first <clears throat> half of the movie. Yeah. I feel like once, because uh, this is not a spoiler, I'm just going to say when a person enters the movie. I would say mm-hmm. once Vanessa Kirby enters the movie, which is about the midpoint of the movie. Because we don't mm-hmm. really, we know Vanessa Kirby is obviously in it and is going to be a big part, but she really doesn't enter the story and she enters it in mm-hmm. a big way, but not until pretty much the middle. I feel like that whole first half, Palm was in it, but literally said nothing. 
literally said right. nothing and then i feel like as the movie finished she kind of picked up more steam no pun intended uh she kind of picked up more steam as a character to the point where i was really i was really rooting for her. and i know you were too and everything like that and i i say rooting look at the trailer she's a villain but you know <laughs> if it's able to not spoiling anything one way or another but if able to, I would love to in some way explore her character more, whether that's in the next movie or, you know, if they start doing spinoffs or something. I, I thought she was, Erin was uh, Paris in the movie. I thought mm-hmm. that she was fantastic, even with a little bit of dialogue, which I yeah. do think, you know, kind of sucked. And last thing I'll say, if I, if I just have to list off any more negatives, is I felt like there's two kind of big, I'd say, ex, exposition scenes. Yeah. In this movie, and I think they go on a little too long, as well as throw a little bit too much at you. Where, especially in the beginning, where can you tell like, me what the two are? Just so I, uh, I think I'm on the same page with you. The, well, the first one is just the whole kind of yeah, everybody in a room. We're in that NSA, that right? One. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I would say probably the other one is on the train <laughs> with yeah. the villain and the uh, the head of the NSA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two parts where I'm like, my head was like spinning. I was like, we got the source code, and then we got this thing, and then the, that, and the, I, mm-hmm. it was a little, it was too much, too much. But you know, overall, really enjoyed it. Uh, I told you, you know, I told you coming out. I go, I didn't think it was as good as Fallout for me, and I'm still there. So I gave it. I think I'm still between. I think I'm giving. I'm gonna give it four and a half stars. Because it's enough that I really enjoyed for it to to really be up there, mm-hmm. uh, and I rank it uh, second behind Fallout on my rankings. Well, yeah. uh, I gotta say, I'm glad what you talked about because I want to. I do want to focus on a couple characters in in particular to me, but to give you my overall impressions, which again you can go find out my exact out of the theater reaction from yesterday night. Go watch that. But still, a day later. I think I'm right in line with where you're at. I think I I lo- I don't think I know I loved this movie. I think it is absolutely a fantastic movie, an incredible movie, one of the best movies of the year, uh, probably the mm-hmm. best action movie of the summer. Uh, only I'm not counting John Wick as the summer because that was all the way back in March. But mm. you know, second best action movie of the year, I would say. Uh, I'd have to rewatch both of them together. But anyways, I think just below Fallout for me, really just below Fallout, only because. I think Fallout is just, it's a beginning, middle, and end. They don't have to do any funny business about not wrapping things up. And mm-hmm. in a way, Fallout kind of had the added benefit of being a finale to the Syndicate mm-hmm. storyline. Yes. So I, uh-huh. I think that really had something going for it, too, that, you know, you got, yes, you got Solomon Lane, but then you also had this new guy in August Walker with Henry Cavill. So I, I think it had a lot of different things going for it. This is kind of a first parter, but it's also almost like a reset for the movies. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw in interviews that Chris McQuarrie said that, that was very intentional, that he was like, this one we want it to be like, okay, we want a whole new group of you know, people to be able to jump on board with this franchise right at this movie. And so right. they kind of do reestablish some things for the audience. They explain to you what the IMF is. And I'll say, the, the whole focusing on, and I believe this was in the trailer too, but the whole kind of theme of the movie being the, you know, your mission should you choose to accept it, and the whole kind of theme of the movie about, like, uh, sh- should you accept it? I mm-hmm. thought that was very interesting about do you accept the choice that's given to you? I thought that was really done very effectively. 
And something that, you know, it's been there all along, but you just never really think about it uh, un until this movie. And then the people I want to shout... Oh, yeah. I would say I'm right there with you at a 4.5 out of 5. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm right there with you. Maybe on rewatches, and again, maybe once part two comes out, could could bump it up even. But I do think it was a very satisfying film on its own and a very uh, well-constructed part one. A couple of the people I want to talk about, I thought it was great to have Henry Cerny back as Kittredge. I thought that he was fantastic. Not just a cameo. Uh, you know, he's there. He's a character within the movie, and he, he's really, really good in it. Shea Wiggum and Craig Tarzan uh, Davis, I thought, mm -hmm. were absolutely fantastic as uh, Briggs and uh, I believe it's Degas, I think is how he pronounced it in the movie. They are fantastic as the, these kind of, you know, two partners. Uh, I think he says that they're like Interpol agents or something, or somebody, some like covert, uh, basically, mm -hmm. police force that's, you know, hunting Ethan, essentially, on behalf of the government. Uh, I, I just thought two of the most like classic stereotypical caricatures in a movie like this but just done perfectly in every single scene that they're in shea wiggum's one-liners and just his facial expressions and some of the like yeah like you're rooting for him you know in certain <laughs> scenes and you're just like man mm -hmm. i love this guy like he'll just walk into a room and again, I want to remind, we're talking about 51-year-old character actor Shea Wiggum. Like, we're not talking about, like, Jason Statham. Like, he'll walk mm -hmm. up to guards and be like, do I want to talk to these guys or do I just want to knock them out? And it's like, it's like whatever's the path of least resistance. Uh, and I thought that was really, really good with his character. Uh, and then the last person I want to talk about is Ving Rhames. Uh, my yeah. guy Luther has been taking a back seat in the last two movies uh, and this one, man, he is he is right there in the middle of the action for basically the whole movie. Almost the whole movie. <laughs> Almost the whole movie. And I'm sure uh, we're probably going to see even more of him in the next one. So I was very happy with that. Also, Simon Pegg as Benji. There, I, I think this is probably his best performance as Benji. And again, this is not a movie that's just like, oh, let's make another movie so that we can do some action. Like, let's find out how all this time spent with Ethan is affecting Benji and his and his feelings for Ethan and his feelings for Luther and his feelings for the team and, and what it means to him and stuff. Uh, I thought that was great. Everybody had their own moments to shine and everything. But yeah, I think I just liked Fallout just that little bit more. But man, absolutely incredible movie. Uh, but guys, mm -hmm. let us know, what did you think? If you have seen Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, probably just going to call it Mission Impossible 7 from now on. Let us know what you thought down below in the comments are we crazy do you think four and a half is insane do you think mission impossible 2 is the best one uh let let us know you know any of your thoughts on mission impossible down below and we will catch you guys in the next video all right so mission impossible out of the way tj let's talk some quick box office here we got some stuff right. to, to address we got some stuff to talk <clears throat> about some incredible plummets and uh terrible results i will say uh first thing i want to talk about is uh sound of freedom at three uh there is a lot going on with that movie yeah. and the behind the scenes <laughs> stuff uh i the only thing that i will get into i won't say anything about the movie itself i haven't seen the movie itself but the only thing to me that it kind of rubbing me the wrong way is just how the studio angel studios is reporting the numbers because 
they are doing this thing that, again, I know I say this every week when we talk about box office, but go check out Dan Merle's video. He broke this down in 10, 15 minutes just talking about everything that is going into the finances of this movie. So basically, they are doing, uh, this Angel Studios is doing this thing where you can make an online donation to basically donate money so that someone Mm -hmm. else can go see the movie Um, so basically you can go on there and you can pledge 15 dollars and then basically long story short what the fine print says is that angel studios will do everything in its power to put that 15 dollars towards a ticket for someone else but then when you go power yeah, but then when you go to redeem the ticket, a lot of people are having trouble. I saw that in Dan's mm. video because he did both sides of the transaction just to test it out. He donated and tried to redeem the ticket. The ticket never arrived for him. And mm. as what my job is, I can tell you firsthand, I have dealt with dozens and really? dozens and dozens and dozens of people this past week since the Ooh. 4th saying, you know... They were supposed to send me a confirmation number, right? And you know they and they and these people are thinking, oh, I have I have a movie ticket to this theater, and then I'll pull it up. And the ones that do have it, all they have is a redemption code through the Angel Studios website. So even the people that are getting the tickets, it's not being very well explained to them. And so here's where I have an issue with the numbers reporting, is. $41 million is what Angel Studios is reporting to that. I am sure that a How decent that amount of that. Donations? Well, I was going to say, I'm sure a decent amount of that is box office. <laughs> mm-hmm. But a decent amount of that is also these donations. And they are reporting the pledged ticket money as box office revenue. But the problem is, it's not that, okay, one person donates $15 and that goes to a ticket. That's what a box office sale is, is when you give money for a movie ticket. So to me, saying, hey, make these donations so that we can give people tickets, but it's not going directly to a ticket. It's going to go to a pot uh, of Mm -hmm. money, and then we're going to buy tickets with that pot of money. So they're reporting how much is in the pot of money, but not necessarily that every single one of those is going to a ticket purchase. So, because it does say that thing on there of, you know, it's up to the studio to, you know, they're going to do everything in their best, within their power to get this money to a ticket. But then you're having all these people saying that they're having such difficulty getting tickets. At the very best, it's just a very confusing mess for how the box office is being reported and for the customer base, uh, for their Mm -hmm. own customer base that's trying to see this movie with their program. So, a little questionable there. And then anything you want to look up about the movie itself, feel free. Yeah. We got to start at number 11 this week because in its third week, The Flash has absolutely crashed, burned, plummeted out of the top 10 uh, after just three weeks. Uh, and The Flash is at number 11 here, only picking up another $2.2 million. I mean, this is a movie that needed to make $700 million just to make its money back. <laughs> and it is currently at $262 million, probably going to tap out of the entire box office run at about 270 275 if it is lucky, which I don't think it's going to be, unfortunately. Mm. 
another kind of success story here is Transformers Rise of the Beast, which had a modest start with about $90 million in its opening weekend, uh, has st- stuck around all the way up to $400 million. This is a, I believe they said, $150 or $160 million movie. So on its way to making its money back, if it hasn't already. Also mm-hmm. important to keep in mind, this is Transformers. So the merchandise tie-ins, the toy sales, all of that stuff is going to go towards the movie as well. So it looks like, you know, a modest success. I won't even say a modest hit, just a modest success for Paramount on here. But, you know, a success nonetheless. Uh, Joyride, like I said, not getting the audience that some people were hoping for uh, coming in at number six. Spider-Verse staying in the top five at number five. Another kind of crawlback success story, which is really surprising, Elemental, that started at an absolute snail speed, has crawled its way all the way up to $253 million, which, if you guys are counting week, at home, it? uh, it's its third week, because it came out okay. the same week as The Flash. So The right. Flash and Elemental came out on the same day, and three weeks later, I'll tell you which one is in the top five and which one isn't even in the top ten, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, Elemental climbing its way all the way up to $253 million. We know that this movie cost about $200 million, so it's going to be very hard to make its money back. But the marketing was pretty slim on this movie. So, you know, with toy tie-ins and everything like that, it could still... And again, we're just talking about saving itself from being a financial failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just scraping together to, to meet even for Disney. But def- I think it still has a ways to go. But but it's it's good that it did not stop at like $60 million for Pixar. Because any money that they can recoup on it is definitely a good thing. Then we got Sound of Freedom, which we talked about. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny falls to number two in its second week. 55% drop, which, you know, in a normal circumstance, that's a good strong hold. But when you don't open so great and, you know, you drop 55%, you end up with $27 million on your second opening week or on your second weekend, which for a $300 million movie is not where you want to be. Where you do want to be is a movie that cost $15 million, which is Insidious 5, The Red Door, which made $33 million in its first three days of release, $67, almost $68 million in its worldwide first three days. So on a $15 million budget, while uh, Patrick Wilson's uh, directorial debut may not have been a critical hit, uh, it is clearly resonating with horror fans, Insidious mm-hmm. fans, everything like that. I don't think that anyone, I don't think anyone had Insidious on their bingo card for making $70 million opening weekend. But no, yeah. where, where are you kind of at with all this stuff? I'm going to step out for just one second, but I'll still hear you. But yeah, where are you at with all this, first of all? And second of all, and maybe more importantly, is Insidious a sign that, you know, it really is just these budgets, that you have to budget it correctly? And mm-hmm. do you think uh, that once, you know, this white whale of Mission Impossible lands in the box office this weekend, you know, can Mission Impossible and then Barbenheimer next weekend kind of kind of jumpstart this box office again? Because obviously with these results, not where you want to be. So what are your thoughts on all of that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, seeing Insidious making that amount of money is a little bit surprising, but I also didn't know the budget was $15 million. For me, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an Insidious fan per se, 
Uh, I saw the first one. I think I've seen the second one, and I'm not the biggest horror movie person, but I really enjoyed the movies. I just looked up, and it looks like the last one. I think it was the Red Key or something, or something, the last key or whatever. Uh, the last one came out in 2018. So to come out with this one, you know, this many years later, and have Patrick Wilson directing it might have been a draw for some people, but I do agree with the whole budget thing. I think that's a big thing right now that's coming out around Hollywood is the whole how all these budgets are ballooning. You know, Indiana Jones, I th- was it Indiana Jones or The Flash that was close to $300 million? That's, like, really crazy. And neither of those movies are going to make – well, actually, Indiana Jones might. But The Flash definitely isn't going to make uh, its money back at all. So I think, you know, studio executives and filmmakers, et cetera, need to start looking at how to cut costs, unfortunately, you know, and how they can start to make movies for less – uh, in order to, you know, keep, I guess, the big tentpole movies around. And hopefully they can do that. Uh, you know, again, The Flash was just, I guess, the perfect kind of uh, mixture because it was, it had, the budget was too high and then it just also wasn't that good, <laughs> in my opinion. So, of course, it, you know, it fell and fell and, you know, it's obviously not going to make its money back. Uh, Transformers, on the other hand, I I forget what if you had said, Sean, what the budget was, but I'm assuming that that's going to make its money back, which actually is kind of maybe it just isn't that surprising because, you know, all those previous Transformers movies, you know, the Michael Bay ones, I think they made a billion dollars or whatever. Uh, so maybe it's not that surprising that Transformers Rise of the Beast is having, you know, a comeback. I know Bumblebee, you know, wasn't that successful at the box office, but it was a good movie. So, you know, is Transformers maybe getting that some of that like, you know, it also has Transformers in the title. So does that help, you know, unlike Bumblebee? You know, so maybe it's getting that kind of boost that that Bumblebee didn't get. Uh, But what did you say? What's the which one had like the 300 mil? Like, but was it Indiana Jones? Indy had the three hundred million. Yeah, that I mean, that's like, come on, three hundred million dollars. <laughs> well, because you think about okay, so if it's a two, sorry, Burn not even the Flash because he didn't look that good. Jones at? <clears throat> okay, yeah, Indy. Wow, am I like tripping right now, or is are all hmm. three of these movies the same amount? Oh wait, hang on. No, different. Okay, two sixty-two versus two fifty-two. Okay, I was like, wow, but still, Indiana Jones. That's in one and a half weeks versus almost mm-hmm. a month now for the flash mm-hmm. um so like indiana jones right now is a 252 mission impossible is going to eat into that a lot but if it can crawl its way which i think is still possible up to like the 300 million dollar mark and just kind of die right around there if this movie costs 170 million dollars 150 million dollars another hundred in marketing you know you're you're at least breaking even on this movie already but to set the actual film cost at $300 million, and who knows, could be a little bit more, could be a little bit less. Um, but when you're setting the actual film cost at $300 million, you you are setting yourself up because you can't market. That's the other thing. You can't have a marketing budget of $100 million on a $300 million movie because you have to get the word out. as mu- You have to market it as much as possible to try and return your investment. The problem mm. is... The marketing costs money. And and I feel like these 
places sometimes they don't even think about that or they don't even you know want to think about that maybe i don't know but you know so now you're looking at you know this movie would need 450 easily to to return uh its investment and then i believe the transformers budget was was 150 i think let me take a look but yeah i believe it was 150 so 400 oh 200 okay still 200 million dollars if that is true that that rise of the beast budget was 200 million dollars it's already at 400 and mm-hmm. i don't know about you the marketing did not feel that big for that movie Oh, I'd agree and, with that. Yeah, like, this was not the days of Revenge of the Fallen where they're buying the Keystone Super Bowl spot. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they th- this was, you know, two trailers starting a couple, a couple months in advance, a couple different posters. That was pretty much it. They're, they're taking, they took the Blue Beetle approach, which, which we'll talk about in just a minute here. But, yeah, so big win for Transformers and, honestly, big win for Elemental. If Elemental can just keep hanging around... And I think it will. I think even when you get to Barbie and Oppenheimer week, those kids still need something to go see. And right. I th- I think, you know, if we're sitting here August 1st, or, you know, the week before Turtles comes out, I think you're still mm. going to see Elemental in the top 10. You know, maybe hanging around at 9 or 10. But, you know, look at Puss in Boots. When you have a heavily, heavily adult market right now, which is only getting more adult with Mission and then uh, Oppenheimer, and then Barbie, because, uh, you know, it might be Barbie, but it's not a movie made for kids. You're going to need something for, for kids to be able to watch. So right. I, th- I think that's very uh, important there. But, uh, yeah. Tell me, Let kids us... don't want to see uh, the bomb created? Well, they do, but the problem is it's only until someone builds a bigger bump. <laughs> uh Love, love that trailer. Love that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, actually, just speaking of Oppenheimer, I yeah. did want to go back real quick and just see where Oppenheimer was on my most anticipated list that we did oh, for okay. uh, 2023. And it is... Your number one. Uh, roll. Uh, most anticipated. It was number 17. So it was a honorable mention. Oppenheimer uh, was number 17? Yeah, on my list. I'm feeling good right now. My list has been that's pretty, my top four. That's my a top pretty big right letdown. There. Actually, no, I, I I disagree with that. Well, actually, yes, my top five. I'd say three of the movies I didn't really enjoy all that much. <laughs> the only ones I enjoyed were Spider Man and Guardians. <clears throat> wow, um, I gotta say, I'm I'm happy with my list so far. I do have Quantumania yeah. in my top ten, but uh, other than that. I mean, Dune's going to be incredible. Barbie right. is going to be incredible. Oppenheimer's going to be incredible. And I, I really hope... I'm trying to keep it out of my mind so that I don't get any anticipation for it, even though I love the book and I love mm. the series. My number 10 is is Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, which oh. I still have not watched that trailer. I'm trying to just go into that movie because I love that book. So I'm trying to just go in completely blind to just get washed over by that movie. My hope is still high for that, but I had Indy at number nine. I, I, I'm still mm-hmm. happy with that. I'm happy with the with this list so far. And then I had Mission at number one. Maybe yeah, I, I, I don't at know. Nine. Maybe yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe that'll hold. Maybe it won't. But all right. So all right, let's let's head on to some of this uh, trailer city this week. A lot of trailers coming out this week. I was trying to avoid seeing some of them. I was trying to avoid the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon second trailer. The Dune mm-hmm. second trailer I was trying to avoid. 
and all of them played before mission last night. So uh, I had Mm -hmm. that, (laughs) I had those experiences ruined for me, but at the very least I was so caught up in the IMAX of it all. I, a lot of the images like didn't like sear into my brain. So I feel like I'm still okay. I'm not going to go rewatch it on my TV 10 times, but a thing that I will rewatch on my TV 10 times is blue beetle. Uh, so let's go and, uh, we're going to knock out a couple of these trailer reactions. We're going to do it live here for you guys. Now I have not seen any of them. Uh, how about Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa? I have seen that image. That is the (laughs) only thing from Wonka (laughs) that I have seen. So we are going to be talking about the blue beetle trailer, the Wonka trailer, and then something that I have heard many people on the internet, uh, claiming as one of the best star wars trailers there's ever been uh which is apparently this ahsoka i mean i'm gonna be completely trailer. honest so i i may have gave it and watched it uh okay i great trailer i got nothing made me want to go watch rebels the rogue one trailer oh the rogue one trailer which completely different nothing Rebellions to do with each other but i was just the rogue one trailer was awesome in my opinion and uh, i just got the same kind of feeling from the Ahsoka trailer. Damn. Oh my god, that it wasn't even where I thought that sentence was going. I thought you were I thought you were about to be like, I'll tell you, it is no rogue one. And then you were like, what's the lot what's the dumb and dumber? You go do something so stupid, and then you totally redeem yourself. Wow, okay. I'm I'm very hyped for it. I'm very hyped for it. I think I agree. I, I would say Rogue One first trailer. Rise of Skywalker first trailer are probably mm-hmm. and then Force Awakens. Oh, that just, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah I, Force I, I Awakens that just for like oh, Rise of Skywalker. I go, oh man, man this movie looks so good. At the time. That dude. <laughs> for okay, a little bit on Rise of Skywalker here, because, and I know we've talked about anytime we talk about Rise of Skywalker, which isn't very often, but anytime we do, I'm glad we always bring up just how good that movie looks, like visually, like it's shot on film mm-hmm. and just like holy crap. That trailer, man, where it's just her in the desert for like the first minute, yeah, and then yep. it, and then it just is the build up and visual and visual Ugh. and rain and water and water, right. and then it's just like, <laughs> like it, oh, and then the music swell. That trailer is so good. So I'm excited to see uh, the Ahsoka trailer. But first, we got to check in with Jaime Reyes because <laughs> the tagline for this movie, and I am not joking, Jaime Reyes is a superhero whether he likes it or not. Mm. So let's check out. Official trailer number two for Blue Beetle. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Planet Film Network. Today, we are taking a look at the brand new official trailer for Blue Beetle. All right, let's see here. Hopefully, this just works. You got audio? You got yep. visual? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Oh. Hang on. Let's see. Thank God I gave it a second. All right, let's try this now. Can you hear that? Yep. Okay. Whew. Thank God that wasn't annoying. All right. Trailer for Blue Beetle right now. All right. Jaime Reyes. I like his little jumpsuit. Is this trailer going to be the last uh, body horror? <laughs> Hopefully. <gasps> oh. Oh, he was right, though. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, that looked better than I was hoping. Oh, shit. Oh. I'm gonna rip it out. <laughs> George oh. Lopez killed me. Oh, God. Blech. Man. Oh. Ah. 
I gotta say, I mean, it looks okay. I like this music choice more than the last trailer. Yeah. Shang-Chi. Okay. The CG on the suit definitely looks better in this trailer than the first trailer. Yeah. Much more finished. Probably not going to be happy. Ah, Susan Sarandon. Oh, whoa. Whoa. That was dope. Man. Oh, uh-oh. It's just giving me... What the whoa, fuck is that? What? It's just giving me major uh, Injustice vibes. <laughs> Versus in the street. Whoa. It's kind of reminded me of Homecoming with the, the AI like interaction in his suit. Mm-hmm. Now, is the villain oh. like a... As much as I hate to say it, is it like Iron Man where it's like the same suit? <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds like it. Oh. Oh, that's so like body horror. Yeah. <gasps> there you go. I mean, it doesn't look bad. Oh, that was. Oh shit. Okay. He's gonna kill the cops. Oh okay. Okay. Better than the first trailer. Oh. The fuck. <laughs> what? Wow, I like the city. Wow. I li- I liked that, and I love that DC does that. I love that too. uh, In their uh, trailers, is the like, uh, you know, read where it all began. I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wow, that cut that cover right there of uh, of Jaime. He really, he really looks like uh, what's his name, Uh, Zolo Mm. from Cobra Kai. It really looks like him. Uh, I liked it. I liked that trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was definitely better than the first trailer. I liked that we got a a lot more closer, like high def look at the suit, both in action and kind of still. So I really liked that. Oh, let's see. They said they can barely hear the trailer. Well, uh, we'll take a look. I really, really liked it. I thought it. I thought this was a funnier trailer. I feel like the first one was a little like kind of over the top with some of its humor. But overall, mm-hmm. I really, I really liked it. What about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Definitely looks better than the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, I like the song choice more in this trailer than the the last one. I'll be interested to see again where he kind of fits into the whole universe. You know, James Gunn has said yeah. that he is the first like character in the universe, I think. And I'm interested to know more about the villain. Cause I really don't know anything about, uh, I'm assuming obviously, like you said, Susan Sarandon is the main villain, mm-hmm. but also the guy in like the, the suit that looks very similar to his. Uh, so I'm assuming it's kind of like an iron man. Uh, what's it called? Like uh, iron man, <laughs> iron man, uh, warmonger. Warmonger, Obadiah yeah, Sane yeah, situation. Yeah. But yeah, it looked, looked interesting. I'll definitely definitely check it out when it comes out. Yeah, uh, and another person that I hope, totally random, but I think could show up here because they are pretty linked in the comics is uh, either Booster Gold, which we know we're going to be getting some sort of Booster Gold thing, so I wonder if there'll be a tease for that. Or I was watching some highlight reels, just as I do sometimes on, on uh, YouTube. I was watching some highlight reels of Legends of Tomorrow, and mm-hmm. I know you you were definitely familiar with them from Injustice. Uh, Firestorm is just a character that I loved on that show. I love the concept of of that character. And again, tied in with the Injustice games, because I would say as of this point, if you're not a comic reader, that's probably where a lot of people's biggest exposure to Blue Beetle has been, certainly for me. I, I wonder if we do get a Firestorm or something like that. You know, kind of like, you know, not like the Young Avengers type people but just the i just feel like 
almost like the like Teen Titans vibe of like mm-hmm. I feel like Firestorm could fall into that if we get like Firestorm Blue Beetle you know what whatever Dick Grayson or Tim Drake Robin eventually so I'd like to see some of the younger heroes too of the DC universe but the movie overall I think looks really really good uh but we'll see you know a trailer can go only so far uh but let us know what did you guys think of the Blue Beetle trailer down below all right so they said that it was a little too quiet to hear the trailer so I, I turned it up a little bit. Hopefully that'll be okay, but also, okay. you know, we're trying to talk over it so that we don't get struck. Uh, but, uh, all right. You ready for some uh, Wonkalicious? I am. I'm ready. All right. all right, guys. Welcome back again to the Planet Film Network. Big day for trailers. We are taking a look at the brand new trailer for, I will say, the hotly anticipated Wonka starring Timothy Chalamet. All right. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, there you go. Pure imagination already. Oh, very interesting. Is that Olivia Coleman? <laughs> there oh was. God. Was Is that the Flash? The Chocolate, the chocolate cartel? cartel? Wow. <gasps> Three dollars? Willie. All right. This is a lot of whimsy. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa. Where's some of this singing? Yeah, I know. That's what Where I want. That? Oh, my God. This is crazy. Wow. Mr. Bean. Oh, my gosh. Mrs. Brown? Oh, there it is. A little bit. Wow. I want to hear it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Come on. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll go first with this one. Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa. That's amazing. Once once we've started singing, we can't stop. Uh, although, I'm interested that that Oompa Loompa looked like he was, like, one foot tall. I, I feel like I remember them definitely <laughs> yeah. being at least, like, four feet tall. But anyways... Uh, we'll see it. Maybe he grows. Maybe he may, maybe it's like that thing from Fantastic Beast where he he grows to fit the container that he's in. So because he's in that little jar, that's as big as he can get. We'll see. But uh, I I like the overall vibe. I I feel like I wanted more from this yeah. first trailer. I feel like I wanted more of, of directly. Give me some of the musical numbers. I wanted this to be like kind of like. I don't even like this movie, but I wanted this to kind of give me the feeling of, like, Greatest Showman, of just, like, this, like, overwhelming, like, you know, theatricality and, like, this, like, musical and stuff, because it is a musical. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like it went more kind of like Mary Poppins Returns with it, where it's just yeah. a little more like a this whimsical figure, yeah. you know, fl- f- floats into these people li- people's right. lives. I do like the idea that, you know, he's out to help another kid, you know, uh, somebody mm-hmm. obviously closer in age to him. But yeah, I thought it, I thought it looked good. I thought uh, you know Timothy Chalamet is doing a little a little whimsy, which I feel like is not really his normal style. But you no. know, I think it's hard to tell from a trailer, but hopefully it works. What did you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I kind of wish we got more of the you know musical uh, musicalness from from this trailer. It does, mm-hmm. like you said, look very whimsical. Uh, some of the line delivery was a little questionable. Uh, the yeah. whole the whole making chocolate line was very very odd the oompa loompa thing uh hugh grant looked very funny uh as that oompa loompa definitely they were definitely taller 
And I'm assuming he's going to mix in maybe a little uh, Gene Wilder and a little Johnny Depp here and mix them all together maybe. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. You know, and, you know, so that should be very interesting. Uh, maybe the whole thing is, you know, the the chocolate cartel has lost their love of chocolate. And Willy Wonka's here to, to, to instill that love back into these into these chocolate shop owners. I could see this going. I mean, it is from Paul <laughs> King, director of the first two Paddington movies. So, right. you know, whimsy is kind of what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I do think there can be a little polar expressness of uh, you can have the whimsy, but you can also kind of have kind of the harsh lesson from like a polar mm-hmm. expressive, like, like you said, the chocolate cartel, uh, which I'm now immediately invested in, you know. I think they need to learn their lesson. I think we need right. to to get to whatever, whatever, whoever deeply hurt them. You know, I think mm. that needs to be resolved. But yeah, I, I think it looks good. I think some of the supporting cast looks fun. You know, Olivia Coleman, Rowan Atkinson, Keegan Michael Key uh, was in there. I didn't know he was going to be in that. So yeah, I, I think it looked fun. But it, you know, I, I would have liked a little bit maybe deeper look at some stuff. But overall, I thought it was good. Guys, what do you think of the brand new trailer for Wonka dropping later this year uh, at Christmas time? Let us know what you thought down below. And until then, we will catch you in the next video. All right. Speaking of the next video, this one we're going to watch. And I feel like we are definitely going to stew on a little bit. So let's watch it. Let's get our quick thoughts for uh, the reaction video. And then we'll prob- there'll probably be some stuff that we want to go deeper okay. into. All right. Now I have not. I have literally stayed away. I have not seen a single frame of this new one, so I guess it's howdy duty time. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Planet Film Network. Here is a very big one. We had the Wonka trailer. We had the Blue Beetle trailer. Now we are ending things off here with the brand new trailer for what I will say again: the highly, highly anticipated series Ahsoka coming to Disney Plus later this summer. All right. Let's uh, go. Okay. Looks good so far. All right. Ray Stevenson. R.I.P. The King. They're kicking ass in the beginning here. Whoa! <laughs> Look at that logo. Damn. Is that the sister? Come on, that was Survivor. What? Wow. Hera? Damn. This music is bumping. Who? Sabine. Oh, wow. Oh, man. This is giving me a th- uh, flashback. Anakin! Damn. Whoa, what? That's real- Oh, that's exactly how Kanan cut his hair. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Who was the other person she was fighting? Oh. Uh-huh. The per- Ahsoka's in armor. What was that? There it is. Oh! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Oh, my God. He knew Anakin. Woo! Oh, damn. Holy shit. Oh, that's definitely that an Inquisitor. Oh, yeah? Damn! I definitely want to go through that again after that. <laughs> holy crap. Okay, quickly. Holy crap. The First of all, the battle sequences, you know, I said since Mandalorian Season 2, I just, like, you know, kind of went from really seen a lot of space battles too like season three we got a little bit more space battles this Mm -hmm. looks like we are gonna see full-on ships space battles uh in atmosphere battles we see the ghost in action there with chopper going all crazy on the side uh a lot of Hera in this trailer which i really really liked sabine calling ahsoka master 
mm-hmm. since when, I guess. Uh, so I'm very excited to find that out. Uh, why did she walk away from Sabine? Uh, she tells her that. Uh, a lot of Anakin talk, directly name-dropping Anakin uh, more a couple times in this trailer. Ezra talking was very, uh, where is where's where is he at? Where's the homie at? Bring him mm-hmm. home. Uh, hopefully he's still safe. Uh, and then Thrawn, full-on Thrawn looked fantastic. Uh, but I definitely want to go back and see everything, you know, up close again. Uh, but, man, that, that looked exhilarating is the word. Exhilarating. Uh, and I, I really hope that the series can match that because, hot damn, that was that was a great trailer. Uh, yeah, agreed. I think they're two for two on the trailers now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything looks great. You know, like you said, uh, Sabine calling Ahsoka master. That's very interesting. You know, Ray Stevens. Like, is he? What is he? What is his yeah. character? You know, some. He clearly some knew also- Anakin. Clearly, so, Anakin, some some different set pieces that might be nods. You know, I've seen one mm-hmm. that might be some people talking about a possible uh, Knights of the Old Republic thing. Uh, you pointing out maybe the Jedi Survivor uh, one as well. And obviously, the Thrawn reveal is awesome. But yeah, everything looks great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I really, really love this. Guys, let us know. Uh, we are live right now, actually, so you can go back on our channel. Uh, to our live stream that we were live because we're going to talk a little bit more about this trailer but guys let us know in the comments down below of this trailer reaction that you are watching uh what you guys thought of this trailer because holy cow uh this looked incredible i mean it definitely it had a different a different incredibleness than like rise of skywalker where that's like shot on film and beautiful cinematography this all looks beautiful and fantastic too but it is just packed packed full of awesome awesome star wars things and i cannot wait just a little over a month now but let us know what did you think of the uh official trailer for star wars ahsoka and what do you think is going on what do you think is going on with ray stevenson's character like tj said who is he what's he what's he doing what's Balin's skull up to what are where, where's he from uh let us know that and more down below and until then we will catch you guys in the next video all right, I gotta I gotta look back through this thing because holy crap! So what? How did you feel about it when you saw it earlier? Because holy crap, he goes up to this rebel guy, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, he's like threatening him, and then he just absolutely annihilates mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I mean, I, again, this this trailer, first time watching, gave me uh, gave me chills if I'm being completely honest. But again, like I don't know what his what's his deal. Again, we don't really. Yeah, I still don't think we quite know if the lightsaber is a red or an orange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like what's this what do we think right, this yeah. is that, is that ahsoka is that like a representation of somebody it looks like else? a prophecy of some sort it I looks guess. like their whole she's like floating an orb mm-hmm. and then like what what do we think that is like world between world stuff mortis stuff mm-hmm. i was hoping we get and then like, where a do we think this is i mean that right thing? there these pillars, that is yeah. straight up Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. that it, This is the meditate, like, no way it's not at least inspired by it. Well, obviously it's inspired by it. But, like, what do we think is going on here with this, like, Skynet thing? I don't know. It's clearly a map. <laughs> yeah. Of some sort. Oh, we got Hera, Mon Mothma. Hera talking to Mon Mothma. Damn. I, I feel like we're going to get a lot of New Republic in this. Right, man, and like this shot of her going I feel like down I've that. I've seen that shot fall. a million times in Rebels. 
like them, literally like, yeah because she's the, going yeah. yeah going down the high the lothal highway like how right. many scenes and stuff took place on there it's crazy and then again like why is she calling her master saying that she walked away from sabine and then we get ezra talking and then again here that's the exact same shot of when kanan mm-hmm. cut his hair off like literally the exact same man okay now who's she fighting here because i saw who we think is the inquisitor but then who was on the other side of her oh just a droid okay oh okay but that is definitely an inquisitor i mean if there was Mm -hmm. doubt before look like he's wearing nikes though like look at that did you would you ever think that we would get a live action ahsoka no (laughs) like like it's just insane and then that like Man, it's making me want to rewatch Rebels, man. And then the Pergil, finally, a full live-action Pergil. Maybe that's the one that took Ezra. I mean, maybe mm. it literally is. And then what do we yeah, think probably. here? I mean, she's got the darker, <laughs> shorter hair. Do we think this is maybe a flashback of when she, when they were maybe training together? Or do we think this is maybe more like like deep in the series, like mid-mission? Uh, whew, What a shot right there. Uh, I think maybe it seems like she's like in a uniform or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I'm thinking Looks maybe this would be like Jedi training. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course we know from Rebels she was in the Empire. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's just get to this because oh my god, damn. <laughs> I know Elon he voiced Musk the character, himself. but I still want to like hear him speak live action. Yeah. Well, he you know? said that thing where he said that thing. Where he was like, obviously, because I'm not in a in a voiceover booth, mm-hmm. and it's a on set performance. He's like, I had to tweak the voice a little bit. So I, I'm wondering if maybe like it could be in two things. They're just keeping it a secret because they just want to keep it a secret for now. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously not a secret. He's obviously going to have the same voice, but just right. how different it sounds. Maybe it sounds so different that they're like, let's not start a whole thing mm-hmm. in the marketing and just leave it for the show. Or maybe it's just one of those things that they just don't want thrown to speak yet in the marketing uh but man he looks fantastic so good got who is that fighting who's the blonde that's uh shin that's the one that's like with uh ray stevenson all the time okay so we got then we have ahsoka and him in this area which now i'm realizing from the first trailer where we thought maybe this was an enclosed like cave thing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing that this Looks is the like platform. It's in the middle of the ocean or something. Yeah, now I'm seeing this is the platform, and that this is just like a hollow f- projection field around mm-hmm. them. Uh, and then there's like the horizon out there. So, a little more context for that. Very cool. And then just some of these shots of just like, like look at this ship. Like look at this ship going away like it's got like the camera shake and the explosion like and she's running to get onto it it just looks fantastic and then hu yang david tennant in this trailer what's he up to mandalorian weaponry lightsaber awesomeness still no jason syndulla man that is the look that is the look of a 45 year old woman who has killed 10 inquisitors (laughs) single-handedly (laughs) <laughs> that is what that is what that look is of just like all right come on let's get this over with buddy man all right i i really love that trailer really really excited uh f- for whatever whatever is to come next from that but pretty awesome pretty pretty mm-hmm. awesome 
All right. Let's close out the show with uh, two topics here. First one up. Now, I want to I want to throw it to you and, and figure out how kind of spoilery we want to get. Not not necessarily spoilery, but with these Deadpool stories and images and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, you know, there there has been some stuff out that maybe you know you don't want to see or maybe you want to avoid. So what what have you seen from this? Obviously, we'll talk about the suit. <laughs> Um, which I'll pull up right now, but there have been some set pictures as well. I've seen the suit. I've seen uh, the logo that is uh, encased in... uh, It looks like it's made out of sand, kind of. It reminded me of... It might have been a Simpsons bit or something, where... I mean, it's also just a parody of uh, Planet of the Apes, but the, Mm -hmm. like the simpsons where it's like oh my god you finally did it or whatever and you know the guy's like on the ground like and he like and it, the simpsons i think they do it is like it's a you mixed something with this thing and it's like a can of some drink and i don't know why but and i think it's it's like a sand and it just reminded me of that for some reason but i know people are kind of assuming that it's going off the story of uh deadpool kills the what is it Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. The Marvel Universe, yeah. Yeah. So people are theorizing that it's Deadpool kills the Fox studio. Universe. Fox, yeah, 20th Century yeah. Fox Universe, whatever like that. You know, which so, could yeah. be really interesting. <laughs> For, oh, shoot. I want to All right, catch up on chat here real quick, too. Uh, Michelle said, Ahsoka is going to blow all of Star Wars fans away. I feel like Thrawn has Ezra someplace, and they will have to get him out. That's possible. Mm. Uh, I think Ray Stevenson is like a knight of the old republic. Also possible. Although him saying that he knew Anakin personally makes me think more so that he is just an old Jedi from the Clone Wars era. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could see. Uh, is the sister on the wall? I think it could be from, from Mortis, maybe. And then, remember the son and the daughter. When the daughter dies, it was thought that maybe her act was to transfer powers to Ahsoka. Yeah, I think it could very well be Ahsoka trying to recommunicate with the daughter or somebody from Mortis, I think. Uh, and then she said, we may just not have seen those powers yet. Yeah, I think it's possible that because of all the Mortis stuff, I think maybe Ahsoka has some special abilities, perhaps. But yeah, let's uh, let's take a look here. Boom! So on screen right now, you're looking at him. The brand new suits for, uh, yes, Wolverine, but also... That is a new suit for Deadpool. It's a little more uh, comic book, I would say, brighter red. A little bit of different flair, and I would say just an overall simplified suit. And uh, the main, really the main visual difference is the little black tie collar area. And then Mm -hmm. on his belt now, he has the actual Deadpool logo instead of just the red circle. So before we even get to the right side of that image, what are your thoughts on the new Deadpool look? Uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest. When I first saw it, I thought it looked, again, I haven't watched Deadpool in a long time. Mm. So I was like, I don't really see, you know, the difference. But I think looking at this picture, I, I see it more. I think it looks pretty cool. I like the, like you said, the look, little kind of logo on the belt. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. And then what's different about the mask? Because it looks. uh The mask. So the mask, and it's probably, it could just be the lighting. It could just straight up be yeah. the lighting. To me, the mask in the other two movies, I have the poster right here next to me. So 
it it just looks like again i think a lot of it is the mm. lighting because that mask it's almost like he always has like a prominent nose in the mask right. and i feel like you just can't see his nose with the lighting uh this outdoor lighting of where they're filming so i think that that might end up being the same uh but it, overall it just looks a little tighter to ryan reynolds's face as mm. opposed to the kind of you know how when Deadpool's mouth moves, you can tell like they're sometimes it's moving like with CGI, like it's a little bit more like you know animated and stuff like that. I think we're just maybe not seeing that here. So mm -hmm. I, I I I would be surprised. Maybe the uh, mask looks a little closer to the previous two movies once all the uh, you know visual effects and everything like that are done on it. But I I do really like that the Deadpool suit because it really is similar to the other one, just with very minor good uh differences i would say i mean let's talk about this i mean first of all did you ever think that we would see the day where this is happening of hugh jackman wearing this blue and yellow suit no. uh and then also just Thought look be at Taren that freaking suit exactly yeah exactly <laughs> uh we gotta, i'm surprised that uh photoshop hasn't been done yet but mm -hmm. you know whether it's the the little yellow lines within the blue on the on the sides and on his shoulder blades or anything or that awesome the the red and black x-men logo on his belt there uh even down to here if you look at this if i just zoom in a ton which if you'll bear with me like if you look at his hands you can see where the claws popped through the little metal mm -hmm. like there's so much detail on this suit it's insane uh but what what are your thoughts on this suit overall and just how how kind of uh, surreal this is i will say it, it very much pops yeah which is really good uh i mean i don't know i think it looks pretty dope again i didn't think i would be seeing this live action at any points in the near future mm -hmm. to, to so to see it now is uh very exciting but yeah just nice to see Hugh jackman back in the role i guess uh for what we assume will be the last time <laughs> now <Yeah>. until <laughs> avengers secret wars right now, just a quick so, question. The last time uh, for the next couple of years. Clearly, this movie is being filmed, uh, as you can see from the shots, of course. Uh, but as we all know, there is a writer's strike going on currently. There is. And possibly an actor's strike, uh, a SAG strike approaching. We will see if they will be, that will be mediated out in the next few days uh, or weeks. But does this give you a little worry you at all? that they're filming it now without any writers and you know <clears throat> so i think let's see i think it is worrying only in the sense of just like the solidarity aspect of it mm -hmm. i don't really know you know i don't know what like how really in trouble are they going to get because you know things do film during writer's strike i mean the, the wolverine origins filmed during the writer's strike that's why, right. you know, part of was it is that movie like good? Iron <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's so not. No, uh, it wasn't. No. Um, <laughs> I think I like started Iron it. Man 2, Iron Man 2 filmed in the uh, right or I th no, I think the maybe the first Iron Man. So one of the mm -hmm. Iron Man fil filmed during the writer's strike. Uh, you know, there are tons of examples of oh this movie mm -hmm. was filmed during the writer's strike because you can still film a movie you know and i think once the writer's strike is over 
a lot of people have brought up the fact that, you know, Deadpool has a CGI mouth and a CGI mask and mm-hmm. you can make him say anything you want in post-production. And I think as long as you have Hugh Jackman committed for reshoots, because obviously he's going to be the biggest, you know, the second biggest character in this movie. As long as you have Hugh Jackman down committed for whatever reshoots you're going to need, that's your two stars out of the way of figuring things out if you have to figure things out after the fact. And then I think a lot of these other characters that we're hearing about and cameos that we're hearing about, you know, it's not like one of those situations where it's like, man, I really wish that we had, you know, something else for uh, Jennifer Mm -hmm. Garner to say as Elektra other than like, I'm Elektra, and then she gets shot in the head by somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, like, I, I don't really think it's going to be like, man, I wish we, oh, I have this amazing line for Storm, and if only I could tell it to Holly Berry, you know. I, I, and also, there's always the over-the-shoulder, because that's the thing, too, is that you can, right now, let's just say Holly Berry, for an example, if she's in mm-hmm. this movie, if she's playing Storm, you could just get some over-the-shoulder shots and then get Holly Berry on a Zoom, and you can do a lot of stuff. And I think that this also had the benefit of it wasn't like the writer's strike hit and then the next day Deadpool was filming. They had a couple weeks to go, okay, the writer's strike is here. How can we best optimize all of our shooting schedule? Uh, you know, because they're not going to film stuff that they don't think that they're going to use, especially during the financial issues that everything that that the whole industry is having mm-hmm. and during the writer's strike, you know, they're not going to waste time, you know, just kind of doing random stuff. So, I mean, I think they're going to go, Hey, let's get a lot of coverage of some of these cameos so that we can give ourselves a lot of freedom in the edit bay a little bit later on. Uh, so am I worried? I think I'm worried a little bit in the sense of just like, Ooh, I hope, I hope it is really good. But at the same time, I think there's a, there's still a lot of time before this movie comes out, even with it moving up the release schedule. I think it'll be okay. But uh, what about you? Do you think it'll be okay with the writer's strike? And also, do you think this is going to be like the Deadpool kills the Fox universe or, you know, just some kind of a big Fox universe send off? Uh, wh- what do you think? Of, what do you think about the writer's strike thing? And then how do you think this movie overall is going to shape up? You know, and then how's the TVA involved? Because we also know that the TVA is going to be a big part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think it could definitely suffer from filming during the writer's strike. Uh, you know, like you said, as long as, you know, some people are committed to going back later and, you know, reshooting some stuff, you know, I think that'd be okay. I don't know. It's just... <clears throat> I feel like, you know, if you things are things are changed on the fly all the time, you know, and, you know, you have to work that into the story and the script and all that. And when you don't have those people on set, it's becomes very difficult and very uh, messy. So I'll be very interested to see, you know, if this movie gets pushed uh, for reshoots and, you know, all that stuff to see what happens. Maybe they're filming. I, I, I don't want to say, oh, they're filming something where they don't need you know, the writers to be on set or something like that. But yeah, maybe they're filming something that is just kind of uh, very locked down. I don't know. As far as, you know, Deadpool kills the whole Fox universe. I think that's what this is. Uh, Just from the whole kind of 20th century Fox logo kind of, you know, half in the ground. uh, I think that could be very funny. And, you know, with all these cameos, I would not be shocked if some of them are like in Deadpool. Is it two? 
where he just goes around killing the other Ryan Reynolds like characters. Yeah, like and when like, like the X Force <laughs> is introduced in this big dramatic way, and then they're all yeah. just right. Like we heard, killed. like you know, there's rumors of you know Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart coming back. Like, is it yeah. just like you know, Ian, come for a quick day, real quick. We're just gonna shoot you in the head. You know, yeah, and, exactly, and then you're done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's probably what this is, and I think it we'll will say be. it was a wooden bullet. Right. It'll be. I think it'll be some. You know, some people will have more, more of a role to play. But I, I would say, I would probably guess maybe a majority of them are probably just like really quick, like deaths. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. Now, I want to. I'm not even going to put it on screen just because I think if some people watching this don't want to. Mm-hmm look too hard into things and twitter just refreshed and i will never ever ever be able to find that tweet again there we go all right you're looking at what i'm looking at i think yes i think that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. do you understand what this is uh yes i think that could be what we're seeing Mm -hmm. is them already there and that all this stuff is maybe trying to escape there. Now, mm, mm-hmm. with the TVA connection, and if we are here where people are thinking, what are the chances that we do see Loki or a Loki in this movie? I think they're pretty high. Yeah. And when are we going to see Matthew McFadden? I don't know. As, uh, as the I'm TVA excited, agent. though. Yeah. I'm excited to see him. I saw a funny tweet that was like, uh, uh, and this isn't, you know, this has been, I feel like, publicized, like, it might have been even, like, announced or whatever about uh, Owen Wilson, right? He's mm-hmm. And uh, somebody tweeted, like, Deadpool trailer, uh, TVA director, oh, and I want to introduce you to Morbius and Deadpool. Morbius, you look nothing like Jared Leto. I think that would be funny. But uh, wow. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you know, that'd be really cool. We bring, I know it's Fox, but we bring some of the Sony characters. We just get rid of them, too, you know? Morbius done. Don't eat him. Oh, I would love that if they if like. I would love that so much. Yeah, I think it had something to do with Spider Man. Uh, so real quick here, Devin uh Bostic, the I actor who this, played yeah. Roderick in Roderick <laughs> Rules, is in Oppenheimer, and apparently mm-hmm. somebody asked Christopher Nolan about him, and Christopher Nolan's response was, "How's that a real Roderick quote? Rules? <laughs> it's from the real discussing film. I know, I know. I'm saying, how is that a real so, quote? Yeah. I, oh, and actually, to go further, it's from Guy with a Movie Camera, so it is from uh, that Reese guy, the guy with the, the oh, black Reese, curly okay, hair yeah. that's always on everything. Uh-huh. So I believe this very much. I love uh, that. He said, so Christopher Nolan says, Roderick Rules, he has his moment, very much so. <laughs> very, very interesting. That, what are you, see, what are you that's, most that's excited for on Barbenheimer Day? That's two, real quick, that's two quotes today that I, I'm shocked that are real, is that one, and then the the uh, Paul King one, mm-hmm. that is like, oh yeah, I knew, you know, Timothy Chalamet could dance and do music, because I saw his high school thing on YouTube or whatever, I'm a big fan, yeah. it was ridiculous. Uh, what am I most excited for? I'm most excited for to, I don't know which one I'm going to see first, but... To either be transported into a world where we have, you know, Barbie and, uh, you know, I'm assuming happiness. I'm assuming Barbie is, and maybe it takes a dark turn at some point. I, I, I still don't think anybody really She does knows. say, do you guys ever think about dying? Does she really in the trailer? 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't seen. I maybe I haven't seen that trailer. Takes maybe a dark point, dark turn, and then kind of brings us back up, and then where Oppenheimer just starts very dreary and uh, sad, and just delves more and more into how humanity just you know kills themselves basically. So that should be interesting. Uh, but like I said, I am way higher on Oppenheimer going in than I was, you know, a few months ago. I agree. I am very, very excited for it. I uh, have my plan set, which is to go and see Oppenheimer first, then uh, go out to, to eat something to recover your sanity and then close out the night with mm-hmm. Barbie. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it to make sure that your brain doesn't break. But, yeah, very excited. We will definitely give you our thoughts on both of those movies once they come out for sure. Uh, but a movie that is not going to come out for a bit here it is uh, Superman Legacy. Sorry, I just completely lost my train of thought. It's Superman Legacy, and we got some updates here. We're going to talk about this a little bit to close out the show here. So Superman Legacy, as we know, David Cornsweet has been cast as Superman. Rachel Brosnahan has been cast as Lois Lane. But today, right before we went live here, uh, we got some other info, which is uh, we will be getting some other members of the Justice League uh, in Superman Legacy. And that is, for starters, Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, uh, played by Nathan Fillion, Hawkgirl, played by Isabella, uh, I believe it's Isabella Mercer, mm-hmm. and then Mr. Terrific, played by Edie uh, Gethegi, I believe it is. So... Very interesting here. So we have three more heroes that have been cast and added to uh, the DCU, the, inf- the still infant DCU here. Uh, obviously, we have uh, Eddie uh, Gethegi, which is, I don't know why, it's not even a, that difficult of a name to pronounce, but every mm-hmm. time I look at it, I'm, I like forget. Uh, as Mr. Terrific. Now, he obviously was from X-Men, Origi- or X-Men First Class. He played Darwin. Uh, he was the guy that Kevin Bacon blew up. Uh, as Mr. Terrific here. Nathan Fillion, obviously, we know as uh, Guy Gardner. And then uh, Isabella Mercer as uh, Hawkgirl, I think, is pretty inspired casting. Uh, a lot younger than I think I would anticipate a typical Hawkgirl being. Uh, but what are your thoughts on some of these characters? What are your kind of... Do you have any connection to these characters? Uh, and what are your thoughts on just these these three actors uh, being the, you know first in the first five mm-hmm. people uh added to the dcu uh yeah i have no connection to any of the three of those uh i think it's very uh interesting to see you know nathan fillion go from you know he's been in he's been in a lot but just from recent memory in guardians where he's kind of just you know he's he's in it but he's kind of a throwaway character kind of at the end basically yeah. But I'm assuming in this, again, I don't know much about the character. I'm assuming he'll be, you know, pretty heavily involved in this movie and maybe going forward, especially further into whenever they do a Green Lantern movie. Because that's what he is, right? He's one of the, he's. Yes. So we know the first Green Lantern (laughs) thing we're going to get is that Max show Lanterns, which they described as a true detective. Now, I had a theory here. Because, as we know, when a Green Lantern dies, the ring gets passed on to someone else. Mm-hmm. What do you think the chances are that Guy Gardner will will be Green Lantern in Superman Legacy, but then maybe he oh. dies and he's not... A, a, that way, you know, maybe 
it's Guy Gardner and maybe, let's say, John Stewart. And then John Stewart is kind of the seasoned one. Mm-hmm. And then let's say maybe Guy Gardner then dies and then maybe Hal Jordan gets the ring and then you have Hal Jordan and John Stewart for the HBO show. Uh, do you think something like that could be happening? Or do you think long-term, like many projects down the line, do you think that Nathan Fillion is our main Green Lantern uh, in this universe? <clears throat> Uh, no, actually, I'd probably go with your first thought. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see, yeah, I don't see Nathan Fillion kind of being like the the cornerstone Green Lantern in the universe. I could, you know, I yeah. could be wrong, but I'll be interested to see, you know, how that happens and, you know, what, like you said, what we get from Green Lantern going forward other than that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have no knowledge of of uh, Mister Trevick. I have nothing, no mm-hmm. background knowledge on on that character. See, he's obviously big in the comics but also Mm -hmm. he was big in the arrowverse he was Mm -hmm. on uh flash and arrow and then he was he was on arrow for years Mm -hmm. like six years played by i believe the actors uh echo kellum uh Mm -hmm. really really good he's a uh gay character obviously like super genius basically like tech type guy think almost not like a tony stark but i would say he's like a on the like power scale and like intelligence scale, I would say he's like a good Justin Hammer. Okay. I- at least in terms of like the Arrowverse representation, because like Oliver Queen was like your typical Batman like billionaire, and then like Curtis Holt was like a little bit more of just like you know uh, a like super genius scientist, uh, you know, kind of like that kind of mm-hmm. guy who then applies it to these things called T spheres, which are basically these like metal ball devices kind of like imagine if green goblins like bombs mm-hmm. could like not just be thrown but like actually like fly themselves around and like each one of them could do like a different specific task it's like it's kind of hard to describe but it's a very cool character that you know was great on the Arrowverse, and and his powers and everything looked great on the Arrowverse too because it is just it's kind of tech based so to have have that character with a movie budget i think it's just going to look fantastic mm-hmm. And then as you see in that picture there, uh, he does normally wear a, uh, a gray, silver, or black, or white uh, leather jacket Okay. with the words fair play on the side, uh, which is actually, by the end of it, uh, is what is the costume they had him in uh, in the Arrowverse, which was mm-hmm. very, very cool. Mr. Terrific got very comic book accurate on that show, but yeah. Sorry, and then uh, Hawkgirl, I don't really know much about. Uh, I watched a little bit of like the Justice League animated series when I was younger, and I believe mm. she was in that. Correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's basically all the knowledge I have on her, which again, from my memory, is not much. And I don't know Isabella uh, Merced very well. I saw Dora, and she mm. was good in that. <laughs> I thought she was good in Dora. Yeah, I really yeah, did uh, think she was good in Dora. And I don't remember her in Transformers. Uh, I think she, she was in, in the last night. night. She yeah, yeah, she was the. She was like the girl that everybody was like, "Oh, Michael Bay's just doing his like Ray," because like she had oh. the little like BB-8 transformer. Oh, okay. Was like, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like basically the same thing. But yeah, she was in the she was in the last night. Oh, and okay, um, no, I've seen her in Instant Family too. That was the other one. Oh right, she was in Instant Family. That's yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, I think she's a really good actress. Uh, mm-hmm. in in everything that I've seen her in, uh, and I think, obviously, this is a huge role for her. Unlike Nathan Fillion, I don't know, there's just something about it because it's like James Gunn casts his friends and things, but like he, but he also cast casts very well. So yeah, I, and he I, doesn't I, cast I can't like, like doubt him, you know? <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't cast Michael Rooker 
Like, he's not going to cast Michael Rooker as Lex Luthor. Right. You know what I mean? But, like, he will cast Michael Rooker as, like, Perry White. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Pa Kent or something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he'll cast his people... Like, look at Jennifer Holland, right? Which, you know, whatever anybody wants to say, you know, they... Uh, she got that role in his Suicide Squad movie, and it was Warner Brothers in DC that wanted to have her back as a recurring character. But, mm-hmm. like, look at, look at Jennifer Holland in uh, Guardians 3. You know, she's in, like five minutes of that movie she's pretty funny and then that's it it's just in and out um so unlike nathan fillion i feel like isabella mercer is going to have a very long history with this character oh great. Uh, assuming that everything you know goes to plan and that it's not like oh my god this universe is doomed to fail at launch uh assuming that they get to see this universe through I would imagine that we are going to see, you know, Hawkgirl. Maybe she'd be like a Black Widow type, you know, that mm-hmm. like, you know, she'll eventually get her own movie. But, you know, first she pops up in Iron Man 2 and then she's in the Avengers movies and then she's in the Captain America movies. And it's like I could see Hawkgirl maybe taking a role like that until they're ready to do either. You know, maybe we get a obviously a Justice League movie. Maybe we even get a Young Justice movie, a live action mm-hmm. Young Justice movie with maybe Hawkgirl, with maybe Blue Beetle, maybe with Firestorm. You know, some of those characters, Dick Grayson. You know, once once we have a lot of these people introduced, I think you really could do like a Young Justice. Maybe you could even introduce Wally West or something like that uh, to, to start getting the Flash back in there. But yeah. Really excited for this. And then, yeah, for Mr. Terrific himself, I mean, really the only thing that I've seen uh, Edie in is just that brief, like, kind of the first half of X-Men uh, First Class. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. So I, I'm not really familiar with him as a performer. But obviously, like you said, James Gunn casts very well, and he knows what he's looking for. Uh, and it, you know, if you ever have a problem with a James Gunn movie, it is almost never the casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's why to me, you know, Rachel Brosnahan was not who, uh, I'm, I'm happy with it, but it was not who I was hoping for to be Lois Lane. I was hoping for Emma Mackey, but I'm accepting it because I know if James Gunn sees that they have a good chemistry together or that there's something there that Rachel Brosnahan has, uh, you know, I trust that instinct because whether it's Star-Lord or even Michael Rooker as Yondu or John Cena as Peacemaker, uh, or Rain Wilson in the movie Super, you know, I, he's mm-hmm. great at casting. So you know, I, I trust him until until he hits me with something that I that I'm like, oh, that that one maybe didn't work so well. But until that happens, I'm going to trust a lot of these decisions that are coming out of the DCU. Right. Uh, if you to to end out the show here, if you could pick two, the next two DC characters <laughs> that we find out the casting, who would you pick? Oh, man. Which character would you pick? And then who would be your pick for that character? Just two of them. Uh, I guess I'll go Batman. Who would I pick? Uh, George Clooney. No, not George Clooney. Man. What what age range are we, is that movie going to be, do we think? I would say, I think, well, he's going to have Damien. So right. he's going to have, a, a like, a 10-year-old kid. Right. I think I uh, have... I have checked age, but I I might have Damien in, in, in mind, but I don't know about Bruce. <clears throat> Who'd you have for Damien? Uh, I've checked his age because I don't know how old he is. Oh, he's okay. older than I thought. Uh, Who was it? Okay, it was gonna be Jacob Tremblay, but I think he's too old. <laughs> oh, how old is he? 
it's, he was born in 06, so he would be. Oh, he's okay. Like, yeah, he's really 17? old. 17? Yeah, how did, yeah. when did he turn 17? <laughs> I don't know. What's um, his name? My pick has always been Aiden Gallagher from. Uh, <clears throat> Umbrella Academy, but he's 19, mm-hmm. so he's he's going to be, like, 20-something by the time they get a, a thing rolling. But uh, I, I think I would pick, if I could pick one more, maybe it's too hard to say, like, who I want it to be right now, but, uh, like, actor-wise. But I think if I could pick one person, I think I would want to know, mm. hmm, I would say Oliver Queen. I love Arrow. I, I watched that show for a decade. Mm-hmm. I love Stephen Amell as that character, and particularly his version of that character, because I know it is, especially at the beginning, it is very different from Oliver Queen. It is very just kind of more so Bruce Wayne than Oliver Queen in those earlier seasons. Uh, and it's not until the later seasons when he really embraces, you know, the green arrow persona with the mm-hmm. beard and the, you know, the bright green outfit and everything. You know, you eventually get there in the show. But in the start, it's very not that. So I would actually really love uh, an announcement. Not not only like, oh, I, I want to know who's going to play Oliver Queen. I want to know that Oliver Queen is an intentional part of this universe that I can look forward to because I really love that character. So that's who I would pick. I would pick Oliver Queen, and 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 I would say I would just hope that it would not be Charlie Hunnam. Uh, that could be my one request. Uh, that it is <laughs> Charlie not Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Anything else here before we want to close out the show? Uh, I think that's it. Um, All right. Oh, actually, hold on. Oh, I think I have the the kid that I I had in mind, and it's just because. Oh, maybe he's too old too. He's older than he's older than Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, it was Roman Griffin Davis from Jojo Rabbit. Oh, <laughs> how old's he? I was just think he's he's a year older. <laughs> Man, or I'm sorry, he's a year younger. But they're still you know same, yeah. same thing. Like 15 geez, is probably man. too old to play 10. What? Yeah, 2019 wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, it was four years ago. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I think that's who I would probably pick is uh, is Oliver Queen is is Green Arrow just because I would I would want to know that there's there's a future for that character on the big screen because I, I think that's a really really good character mm-hmm. uh, and as much as I love Hawkeye I do you know they are they are very different people and they are very different uh, things you know Hawkeye is a main character in his own series and everything right. like that but like Oliver can and usually is like a, he is a main line justice league member with right. you know a whole universe onto himself like he has villains and everything like that so i'd be interested to see that last thing before uh, we close out here yeah. last thing do you think nicholas holt it gets is. his batman shot or do you think it's i think he definitely rumored, gets the shot do you think it's rumored lex like he's getting lex luther i i would be happy with either one i would be happy with either one but i definitely think he's gonna get a shot at both somebody said i forget what i was listening to but somebody was like james gunn has 150 characters to cast mm-hmm. and 50 percent of them are white men in their 30s so i think mm-hmm. nicholas holt is going to be okay like I, I think you know every role in the dcu i think nicholas holt is probably going to be up for because clearly warner brothers wants him man i just thought of this maybe uh as an older maybe as an older oliver queen i could see gosling doing it mm. i don't know i don't know but uh I think Nicholas Holt definitely gets a shot, for sure. 
And then the last thing that I want to bring up, because I meant to bring it up earlier in our in our uh, what we were watching, I do have a, a quick show and tell here. My mother uh, sent this to me earlier in the week, and I want to see if you can get this by the abbreviations. It is this mug. Oh, it's backwards for you, isn't it? Uh, Start with the I on the end. Oh boy. I'm trying to see what what is the underline right there. Is that reference to something? Will I understand it from that? Uh, where is it? <laughs> it's like it's underlined some of the letters. I'm trying to figure out like what that could possibly be from if it. Oh, you know, because I don't even know what this is from. <laughs> All right, I have brought peace, oh. freedom, oh my God. justice, and security to my new empire. Your <laughs> new empire. That's it's that oh, whole speech Lord. on a mug. That's hilarious. And it goes all the way down to, you will try. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. It's so I literally just looked at this mug like out of excitement because right. I was like, oh, I just love the way you and McGregor says. Uh, Anakin Chancellor Palpatine is evil. <laughs> Man, great mug. Uh, let us know what you guys think about uh, Deadpool 3. What's going on with that? Let us know what you guys think about some of this uh, Justice League casting for the DCU. Uh, let us know all that and more. What did you think of the Ahsoka trailer? Let us know down below. And guys, follow us right there up at the top of the screen. You can see it now. It's right up there. At the official PFN on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and I guess if we're on Instagram, are we already on threads? I don't know how that works. We'll see what's going on with threads. Mm uh soon if it's going to overtake twitter i don't know but guys give us a follow at the official pfn and if you enjoyed this video make sure to like comment subscribe and share this video with a friend until then we will catch you guys in the next video and listen to the podcast feed as well peace <laughs> i say you you look like i was like missing something and i remembered i didn't say anything about the podcast feed <laughs> all right god damn Wow, there it is. Boom.